الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين As always we begin with the praise of Allah Azza wa Jal and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to exalt the mention and grant peace to our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to his family and his companions. We are inshallah resuming uh, the classes after a short break of about a week. Uh, there were a lot of other projects that had built up and alhamdulillah we just needed some time to uh, to clear up some of those deadlines and alhamdulillah we're starting with the same routine that we've had this Ramadan of having the tafsir twice a week until the end of Ramadan. And after Ramadan, inshallah ta'ala, we'll resume with the usual Bulugh uh, al-Maram on a Tuesday and Tafsir on a Friday, inshallah ta'ala. And this is going to be, uh, we have the Tafsir of, of Surah Al-Layl, and this is going to be, inshallah, one of the, uh, the surahs which we are going to divide into parts. Because ideally, uh, when we were doing the classes in the masjid, we wanted the class to be around about half an hour. When we've been doing the classes at home, I've not been worrying too much about the length if it goes over to an hour or an hour and 10 minutes uh, because people can take their time and watch it whenever they want. But uh, when the, the surahs are getting longer and longer and the tafsir is getting to the point where uh, it's very difficult to do it in one sitting and it's difficult for people to follow it in one sitting, we're going to, inshallah ta'ala, break it up. And as we get onto the longer surahs, for no doubt some of them we will have to break up into three or four or even five parts, depending on how long the surah is and depending on how far we get through the surahs uh, of the Qur'an. So we have surah al-layl. وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَى And this surah, according to the Jumhur, the majority of the scholars, is Makkiyah. And some of them made an exception of some ayat uh, and some of them said that it is Madaniya, but the majority of them, they said, this is a surah which is, uh, which is Makkiyah, a surah which was revealed in Makkah. The topic of uh, the surah essentially is the efforts made by a person, whether they are efforts for good or efforts for, uh, for bad, for evil and what the recompense and the result of those efforts will be and this surah surah al-layl uh, is one of the surahs that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam advised uh, mu'adh ibn jabal to recite in salatul isha because we know that mu'adh he used to lead his people with long long recitation of the quran and some of them became hard for them and it became, uh, it became burdensome for them. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said to him, Aturidu an takuna fatanan ya mu'adh. Do you want to be a cause of a fitna for people? Do you want to be someone who the people leave the salah because of them? And then he instructed him that when you lead the people, and he mentioned, Sabbihisma rabbika al-a'la. He mentioned, lead them with Sabbihisma rabbika al-a'la. And he mentioned Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Shamsi Waduhaha and he mentioned Wallayli Ida Yagsha. So this is one of the surahs that the Prophet instructed to Mu'adh to lead his people with in Salat Al-Isha in the Isha prayer. Ibn Abbas has a narration regarding the topic of the surah, 
and he said that it relates to as-samaha wal bukhl and there are lots of different translations of that it's a bro- it's a broad uh, term as it relates to akhlaq people's manners to do with good treatment of other people and overlooking uh, things and not being harsh on people making things easy for people and likewise al bukhl stinginess and that is no doubt one of the themes within the the, the surah uh, stinginess and the opposite of it giving and generosity and making things easy for people allah azza wa jalla said wal layli idha yaghsha wal layli idha yaghsha allah azza wa jalla swore by the night and yaghsha it means it covers up and ibn al-qayyim and others mention that the word yaghsha here to cover up is fi'l mudari' it's a present tense verb and that is because it is intended to indicate the fact that the night covers things up slowly darkness slowly spreads and it becomes more and more intense as the night goes on and that is why the word yaghsha here is mentioned in the present tense to indicate that it's a gradual covering it's not like uh, you know when the light is on in a room and then you switch the light off and everything goes everything goes dark rather the night creeps and slowly covers up as for what it covers up there are some different opinions from the scholars of tafsir they are mutaqaribah they're close to one another some of them said yaghsha al-ard it covers up the earth some of them said yaghsha al-khaliqa it covers up creation and others and this was the opinion of Ibn Jarir they said yaghsha al-nahar it covers up the day Ibn Jarir rahimahullah ta'ala that was his uh, his uh, preferred choice in this that it covers up the day that what was uh, visible and easy to see in the day is covered and concealed by the night and all of these opinions are very similar to one another and they all somewhat fit within one another that the night covers up the creation in its darkness it covers up the earth in darkness the earth becomes covered in darkness as though it were a blanket thrown over you know it becomes that like rolled out the darkness rolls out and spreads out over the earth and it said that it is the it covers up the daytime and when Allah Azza wa Jalla swore by that he swore by it because it is azim and we've heard this principle repeatedly again and again in our tafsir classes that the qasam in the Quran that Allah Azza wa Jalla when he swears by something he swears by something that is azim it is great in the sight of Allah Azza wa Jalla and Allah swore by the day so he swore by the night wal layli idha yaghsha and he swore by the day wan nahari idha tajalla and by the day tajalla when it makes things become clear some of them said anara it covers with light or it spreads out the light uh, and some of them said zahara wattadaha ma kana khafiyan bil that what happens is the things that were hidden in the night become obvious in the day the things that were hidden in the night they become obvious and easy to see and they become clear in the day and you'll notice that these two are opposites allah azza wa jalla swore by the night and allah azza wa jalla swore by the day 
and the night and the day are opposite to one another. They are polar opposites to one another. And Allah also swore by, and we're going to come to when we come to the next ayah, وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنثَى And a dhakar wal-unthā, the male and female, are also opposite to one another. So we're going to hear in a moment uh, some of the opinions, Ibn Qayyim and others, about why these opposites exist in the surah. But we'll first come to the ayah, وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنثَى the, the word ma here, the scholars differ about what it means. Some of them said ma, it means man. And that Allah is swearing by himself. So Allah swears by the night when it covers up with the darkness, gradually. And by the day when things become uh, immediately apparent. Become immediately apparent. Because tajalla here, it's not like yagsha. Yagsha, shay'an for shay'an slowly, gradually. Tajalla, in that you switch the light on, you know, that's it. You can, everything that was dark, you can see it. The light penetrates the darkness and you can see. And Allah swore by وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنثَى It said that ma here means man and that Allah is swearing by himself. وَمَنْ خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنثَى I, Allah swears by the one who created males and females. And it said here that ma is mastariyah and that what it means is that Allah is swearing by the creation of male and female. وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنثَى Either Allah is swearing by خَلْق الذَّكَرْ وَالْأُنثَى By the creation of male and female. And the creation of male and female doesn't necessarily, it's not restricted, like Ibn al-Qayyim said, it's not restricted to human beings. وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنثَى is not restricted to human beings, rather includes even كَذَلِكَ الْحَيَوَانِ the animals and all of the different uh, species that Allah has created in male and female. And these things are mutadadda, they are opposites to one another. They stand opposite to each other. اللَّيْلِ النهار and الذكر and الأنثى and if you look at the the جواب القسم the answer that comes that why is Allah swearing what is Allah swearing by Allah swears by the night Allah swears by the day Allah swears by himself or he swears by the creation of male and female for what reason what's the cause of that إن سعيكم لشتى your sa'i is shatta. It is mukhtalaf. It is mukhtalaf. Ghayat al-ikhtilaf. It is completely and totally different. I.e. The, the, the efforts that people make are polar opposites. There, is, there are people who make an effort for good and people who make an effort for evil. And that's generally, Imam Ibn Qayyim ta'ala, when he spoke about this, and likewise Ibn Kathir, and others from among the scholars of Islam, when they spoke about this, they speak about these opposites being mentioned in order to emphasize the polar opposite of those who believe and do good deeds versus those people who uh, turn away and disbelieve and do evil actions. إِنَّ سَعِيَكُمْ لَشَتَّى Sa'i here, 
As-Sa'i. Ibn al-Qayyim has a very important point to make about As-Sa'i here. He said that As-Sa'i, what is the meaning of Sa'i here? He said it is the action, a specific kind of action. And Ibn al-Qayyim, he said it's wrong, those people who said that As-Sa'i means Al-Amal. It means actions. It means a specific kind of action. That a person works extremely hard for and does everything necessary to achieve. That's the meaning of Asai. Something that you are striving towards. Something that you are working hard for. Something that your ihtimam, your, your concern and your worry and your efforts and your anxiety is attached to it. That's what Asai is. And that's why Asai, uh, whenever it's mentioned in the Quran, it comes with that. It comes with that meaning. It comes with the meaning of al-amal insan. The action that a person works hard for and he does everything which is needed to achieve it. Anything which is needed to achieve it, he does that action. And as-sa'yu uh, is, as Allah Azawajal said, inna sa'yakum lashatta, that the efforts that people are making and the hard work that people are doing and what people are racing for and working for and stressing over, those things are very, very different. And shatta is jam'u, shatit. It's the plural of shatit. Uh, in other words, they are different, very different from one another and completely separate from one another. And that's why if you look at the person who believes and gives and does good deeds, and you look at the person who withholds and is stingy and disbelieves, those two are shetta, uh, completely different from one another. Just like the night and the day, and just like a dhakar wal unsa, the male and the female, rather they are even more different than those two things. Even more different than the night and the day are those who work for iman and to do good deeds, and those who work for al-kufr and that's what stresses them and that's what they work for and that's what their goal is and that's what they're striving for is to turn away from Allah and to disbelieve in Allah and to hold on to the dunya and what is in it so this is the sa'i of people the effort they make the action they make with great effort and great uh, and that's why Allah uh, told us ya or you who believe when the prayer is called out for the Jumu'ah prayer. Fas'aw, make sa'i to the remembrance of Allah and leave your trade. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ forbade a sa'i, meaning al-isra', meaning running to the prayer and, and uh, hurrying and hastening. And he told us that you have to have a sakina wal-waqar, you have to go with calm and in a way that is tranquil and calm. But here the sa'i that you are commanded to is al-ihtimam. To have, give it concern, give it attention, give it thought. You know, be, make it, make, take your concern away from your business and your trade and make your concern the salah, the wudu that you need. You need to get ready for the salah. You need to go to the masjid to be ready for the salah. That's the meaning of fas'aw here. Fas'aw ila dhikrillah. Make sa'i to the remembrance of Allah. 
So a sa'i, which can mean al-isra', it can mean running, uh, that's not what the, the intended meaning is in that context. The sa'i here is not running around, but the sa'i here is what the person has importance uh, in, what the person gives importance to and works hard for. Uh, that is what is intended by it. And it's also mentioned from the, the, the benefits that Imam Ibn al-Qayyim indicated is that Allah mentioned the night and the day and he also mentioned the people who work in the night and the day. And it's typical perhaps to quite find the right words for this, but I try to explain the idea. Allah mentioned the night and the day and Allah mentioned those who use the night and the day for work. And that is the male and the female who they they work either in the night or in the day, they strive in the night, they strive in the day for one thing or for another. So Allah mentioned the those who are working and the place where they work or the time in which they work. Allah mentioned those who are working and he mentioned the time and the place in which they work, uh, the night and the day and the people and of course the animals that do that, that have their, their concern, their work that they do and their efforts that they make and they make it in the night and they make it in the day. Inna sa'yakum lashatta The efforts you make and the concerns that you have and what you're working hard towards is completely different. Then Allah tells us, فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى and as for the one who a'ta, gives, wattaqa, and has a taqwa, wasaddaqa bil husna, and believes in al husna. So let's take this first of all, the word a'ta, the one who gives. Uh, some of the scholars of tafsir, they said that the word a'ta here, it relates to, to money, the one who gives money. And they said that the evidence for this is that Allah in the following ayat, what is the contrast? What does he contrast it with? As for the one who is stingy and sees himself free of need, I free of needing Allah. So they said the, the evidence that the word a'ta here means wealth is that Allah contrasted it with al-bukhl, which is stinginess. Others, they said, here doesn't mention what you have to give. And the reason it doesn't mention what you have to give is to make it general for all of the things you can give. You could give out knowledge. You could give out uh, helping somebody. You could do al-amr bil-ma'ruf wa-nahi anil munkar, command the good and forbid the evil. Whatever you need to give or whatever efforts you need to, to give, whatever thing that is needed from you, that you, you, know, you give what is needed at the time that it is needed. Some of them made it more general like that. And to be honest, the two of these two are not, it's not impossible to reconcile between them. And to say that the wording of the ayah is general, again, the one that is the, the focus or what is what, what we would say is and it gives the most importance to it because it comes before everything 
you know, first thing that comes to your mind is no doubt uh, the giving of wealth. But the ayah is general enough that we can include it to other things as well, like the giving of knowledge and so on. And ittaqa uh, here, this uh, concept of at-taqwa. Um, in Islam, first of all, at-taqwa is uh, linguistically to put a barrier between something you and something you fear. To put a barrier between you and something you fear. So if you broke glass on the floor and you put your shoes on, this is a kind of linguistic taqwa. Putting a barrier between you and between something that you are scared of. And in Islam, it is to put a barrier between you and what you fear from the punishment of Allah and His curse, His anger and the hellfire. And that's why here in the ayah, فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى The ulama kept it also general. And they said that everything that it is obligatory for a person to protect themselves from and everything that a person should protect themselves from and no doubt protecting yourself from the punishment of Allah and his anger and his curse uh, and the hellfire this is the most important of the things that a person should protect themselves from and here also have a contrast in them because is to do with uh, al-fi'l, it's talab uh, al-fi'l. It's asking you to do something, to go and give something. And as for at-taqwa, then at-taqwa, it can be used in, in two different ways. It can be used in a general way or specific way. In a general way, it encompasses all, both doing good and keeping away from evil. But when it's mentioned alongside doing good, then it refers to keeping away from, from bad things and protecting yourself from bad things. Here you can take it both, uh, both can be, can be understood. But because a'ta is an action of doing something, then here taqwa could also be related to leaving off and keeping away from the things that you've been told to keep away from. And generally at the word taqwa, it can include both. If it's mentioned generally on its own, it can include it includes both. It's one of those words that when you have it on its own, it includes everything. And when it's uh, together with something else, it can have a more restricted meaning. And that's why the statement of Allah in which he said, And cooperate with each other in bir and taqwa. If Allah had only mentioned at-taqwa, at-taqwa would include al-bir. But when Allah mentioned al-bir and at-taqwa separately, and also al-bir, if it was mentioned on its own, would include a taqwa But when the two are separated, then al-bir is to do good deeds and a taqwa is to keep away from the sins. Um, so that's a, it's a, a point to be aware of. وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى The majority of the ulama of tafsir, when they came to this statement, وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى They said uh, that Al-Husna here is Al-Jaza wal-Iwab. It is the reward and recompense for the good that you did, for the Ata uh, and the Taqwa that you did, that Allah Azza wa Jal will recompense you for it. 
So they said that وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى The person believes that they will be rewarded for the good that they do and for the sins that they leave. The person believes that they will be rewarded and that Allah will exchange that for something better. That is what many, uh, if not the majority, uh, said among them Ibn Jarir, it's narrated from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah. And this is in contrast, for example, to what Allah mentioned about some of the Bedouins. He said, There are some people from the Bedouins who, when they give something, when they spend something, they see it as a maghrama. They see it as a, like, it's a punishment. It's like a fine they have to pay. It's a hardship for them, like, like a debt they have to pay or a fine. It's like, you know, they, they pay and they give their sadaqah like with extreme reluctance as though it was a, a financial penalty or a financial punishment. But as for the one who gives and the one who uh, keeps away and protects themselves from what Allah has commanded them to protect themselves from and believes that they will get a reward from Allah, they don't see it as a penalty or a punishment or something negative, but they see it as something that they will be rewarded for. Others, they said about Al-Husna, that Al-Husna is La ilaha illallah. It's narrated from Al-Dahaq and others, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, that he said Al-Husna is La ilaha illallah. So this would mean, فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى Whoever gives and whoever protects themselves, from what they've been commanded to protect themselves from بالحسنى, and they believe in La ilaha illallah and there is a call from Mujahid that Al-Husna is Al-Jannah Al-Husna is Al-Jannah and he was Saddaqa Bil-Husna was Saddaqa Bil-Jannah and that person believes in, uh, in Al-Jannah and this statement believing in Al-Jannah is actually not that far away from the others if you look at it um, in terms of the uh, the statement of the majority, because if you believe that Allah will replace for you and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will reward you, then Jannah no doubt is the is the the great reward that every Muslim is striving for. There's not a great contradiction. As for the statement that it is La ilaha illallah, it can be said that La ilaha illallah is the it's it's the the most important of the acts of obedience uh, that a person does and the most important of the things that a person is commanded to, to bring and to do. Uh, and Allah knows best. We will make it easy for that person. We will make it easy for them to have al-yusra for ease. We're going to make ease easy for them. So what does it mean that we will make ease easy? We will make him easy for him to achieve al-yusra, to achieve ease. What does this mean? Uh, it's said that it means that uh, doing good deeds, we will make it easy for that person to do good deeds. And this is why we're going we're gonna to just pause that 
thought for a moment, we're going to come back to it when we come to the next ayat, that this is from the most important of the ayat in explaining Al-Qadr wal-Qadha, the divine decree of Allah and predestination and understanding it properly. Uh, and the important of, importance of working hard and striving hard to do good deeds. And when you do that, Allah will make it easy for you to achieve what you want. But we'll come to the other ayat first of all, about the one who is stingy and who feels themselves that they don't need anything, then uh, or that they don't need Allah. Then inshallah ta'ala we'll come back to talk about al-qadr wal-qadha inshallah ta'ala. وَأَمَّا مَنْ بَخِيلَ وَاسْتَغْنَى As for the one who بَخِيلَ The majority here, uh, when you talk about again uh, بَخِيلَ That the word بَخِيلَ usually refers to stinginess in wealth um, So the one who is stingy with their wealth So this is in opposite to أَعْطَى They give بَخِيل And it could be more than just wealth as well It doesn't have to be just wealth That they are stingy They don't give out what they've been commanded to give وَاسْتَغْنَى And uh, here, the statement وَاسْتَغْنَى الْإِسْتَغْنَى means to see yourself as being without need. And that's why the name of Allah is Al-Ghani. And sometimes translate Al-Ghani as the rich. But really, the word Ghani means the one that doesn't need anything. Um, in terms of a human being, you can say a human being is Ghani as in rich, wealthy. But the real meaning of the word is not having, not being needy. Is not being needy. And that's why Allah He is Al-Ghani Al-Hamid. He is the one that doesn't need anybody and is worthy of all praise. So when a human being istaghna an rabbihi, when a human being says, I don't need my Lord. Why do I don't need my Lord? I, I get what I want. I work myself. I do my own things. And I don't need Allah. This is the one who Allah told us for we're going to make it we're going to take this person and make it easy for this person to end up يعني, in al-usra, uh, a punishment, or which we're going to come to, inshallah. Uh, it's also said that istaghna, it refers to a dunya or shahawat, the worldly life and desires, and the person is just suffice with that. Any istaghna and al-amal lil-akhirah, the person doesn't feel they need to work for the akhirah. They're just content with the dunya. Like what I have in the dunya, that's enough for me. I don't want what's in the akhirah. And they disbelieve in al-husna. Here again, the majority said al-jaza. They disbelieve in the recompense, that they will be recompensed. They will be given a reward. They say that who will... Uh, who will bring the bones to life when they are dust. And they say that they disbelieve that Allah will reward them. And when they give, they see what they are giving. They see it as a punishment or a penalty to have to give sadaqah and so on. And it's also said that Al-Husna means Al-Jannah. Disbelieves in Jannah. And it's also said Whoever is stingy, and sees that they don't need Allah or is sufficing themselves with the dunya and they disbelieve in la ilaha illallah. The same as is said about wasaddaqa bil husna, the same opinions were said about wakadhaba bil husna. And the majority they said that al husna here is al jaza recompense, being given a reward or a recompense 
for the deeds that you do. فَسَنُوَيَسِّرُهُ لِلْعُسْرَى We will make it, make for that person, we will ease them towards al-usra. We will ease them towards hardship. I hardship will become, uh, or uh, al-usra here, there are different opinions among the scholars about uh, the word uh, al-usra being uh, punishment or uh, again, you say the, the fire, uh, the hellfire and so on. But uh, what we wanted here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will, will send them on a path where hardship like uh, or punishment or evil deeds that become they become easy for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will facilitate for them to do what is wrong and that they will be punished for that. And that is like the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal Allah Azza wa Jal said we will turn away their hearts and their eyes like they didn't be or because they didn't believe in the message the first time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, turns away people and sends them astray because they didn't take the opportunity that they were given to believe. And that's why uh, when you think about it, Allah Azza wa Jal said, فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْعُسْرَةِ we will facilitate for that person that that person will end up doing evil deeds and will end up doing the things that will bring them to the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is where we come to the matter of al-qadr wal-qadr. Uh, that this, these ayat, they are an explanation of the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Everyone will be made easy what they were created for. And in Sahih Bukhari, that a man said to the Prophet, Shall we not suffice with what has been written for us and just give up working? Should we not just stop making a sa'i, working hard and striving? and making every effort to try to reach our goal, should we not give up and stop working? And the Prophet وسلم, he told us, As for the people who will be eternally happy in Jannah, Allah will make it easy for them to do the actions of the people who will be eternally happy in Jannah. And as for the people who will be wretched, then Allah will make it easy for them to do the actions of the people who are wretched. And what that tells us is that what we are required to do is to act. That's why the Sahaba, when they heard about Qadr and Qadha, many of them asked Abu Bakr, it's narrated from, it's narrated from Umar radiallahu and Huma and others among the Sahaba that when they heard about Al-Qadr wal-Qadha they asked the Prophet وسلم, is this a matter already decided or is it a matter which is still yet undecided right, the Prophet said rather it's a matter Amrun Amrun Qad Furigha Min it's a matter that has been decided and finished with 
they said, or some of them said, shall we not then stop working? Or shall we not then leave what has been decided for us? The Prophet told them to act, to work hard, because Allah will make it easy for you to do what you were created for. And this comes back to this ayah. This ayah is an explanation of Al-Qadr. So what does the ayah tell us as it relates to Al-Qadr? It tells us that the, that the, what is required from us with regard to Al-Qadr wal-Qadha is to work hard and to realize that you need Allah. That's what's required from us. And that's why Allah said, Your efforts that you make are widely differing. Widely, very widely differing efforts that you're making. So Allah didn't require us to lay down and say that is what Allah has decreed for us. Rather, Allah required from us a sa'i. A sa'i in what? Working hard for what? Working hard? That you work hard, you give whatever you have to give. Whatever you have. Let's make the ayah general here. Give whatever is in your ability to give, whether it's money, knowledge, efforts, give what you can. Protect yourself from whatever you can from the sins and disobedience. Believe in the reward of Allah. Believe that Allah will recompense you and reward you for what you have done. Believe in Islam. Believe in Al-Jannah. Don't think that you are free of needing Allah. Don't be stingy. Don't think you're free of needing Allah. You have istighna. I don't need Allah. Don't think that. Work hard and realize that you need Allah. And that is, that's what a Muslim is required to do from Al-Qadr wal-Qadha. And that's why if you learn about Al-Qadr wal-Qadha and your conclusion when you learn about Qadr is that I need to work hard and I desperately need Allah, then this is a sign that you have understood Al-Qadr wal-Qadha correctly. But if you have learned to listen to a lecture or a lesson or read a book about it and your conclusion is that I should be lazy or despairing or sit down and say whatever Allah has written for me is written for me and I don't need to do anything now, then this is, you haven't understood it properly. What Allah has written for you, He has written for you. You cannot escape what Allah has written for you. But if you work hard, Allah promised to guide the people who work hard. Allah said, Those who strive for us, we will guide them to our ways, to our path. Allah will guide them. We're going to come to We're going to come to the ayah That Allah will guide you to the path. Allah will guide you to the path that will lead to Him when you, when you make the effort when you make the effort and so if you want to be from the people of jannah what is required from you is to do the actions of the people of jannah as for knowing what allah has written for you in the end you don't know and i don't know but allah has promised to help the people who work hard so this leaves you with two things it leaves you with hard work and it leaves you recognizing how much you need allah because you realize that hard work on its own is not enough Hard work is matloob. That's what's required from you to work hard. But that in itself is not enough. Just your hard work. And that's why the Prophet told us no one will enter Jannah because of their deeds. They said, not even you, O Messenger of Allah. He said, not even me. Unless Allah encompasses 
or showers his mercy upon me. So here, your deeds are not enough. So you understood that the matloop, what is required from you is a sa'i, work hard in doing good, in al-ata, in giving, in, in, in iman, in believing in Allah Azza wa and his recompense, in uh, strive, in doing good deeds, uh, in protecting yourself from sins. That's matloop from you, that's required from you. And you realize that you cannot achieve it without Allah. You need Allah. Then if you came to that conclusion after you read the ayat and the ahadith that deal with Qadr and the books and the statements of the scholars and you came to the conclusion that I need to work really hard and I need Allah, then you have understood Al-Qadr wal-Qadha correctly. And if your conclusion is despair or laziness or feeling that there is no hope for you or despairing of the help of Allah or feeling that you have been oppressed or deciding that you're not going to do any more good deeds or any more, that you're just going to suffice with what's been given to you, then you haven't understood Al-Qadr wal-Qadha correctly. And this, these ayat are from the clearest of explanation of what is required for you. فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى It said that this ayah, فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى was revealed about Abu Bakr. Uh, there is a, a sabab nuzul for the ayah that the ayah was revealed about Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and his freeing of the poor and needy uh, slaves. Uh, and Allah Azza knows best. وَمَا يُغْنِي عَنْهُ مَالُهُ إِذَا تَرَدَّ وَمَا يُغْنِي عَنْهُ مَالُهُ The ma here again, it could be nafia, meaning that, and that's what seems to be uh, meaning, that a person's wealth will not benefit them إِذَا And it said here that it could be also istifham. Like what will, istifham meaning uh, a nafi yani. What will a person's wealth benefit them? إِذَا So it could be a question meaning a negative. Like someone saying like, so what is your wealth going to benefit you? إِذَا Or it could be a straight negative, yani, that a person's wealth will not benefit them anything, إِذَا And here, إِذَا uh, Ibn Jarir, rahimullah ta'ala, he mentioned this, that uh, here, إِذَا تَرَدَّ is السُّقُوتِ وَالْوُقُوعِ فِي الشيء. It is to fall down into something and to fall into it, to fall down into something uh, or to, to fall into something or to fall down into something. And uh, this uh, is why they said that إِذَا تَرَدَّ It means when the person falls into the fire. That was the opinion of Ibn Jarir. Others said إِذَا تَرَدَّ It means إِذَا مَات إِذَا هَلَك If a person dies. But the stronger opinion here is that إِذَا تَرَدَّ It means when the person falls into the fire. وَمَا يُغْنِي عَنْهُ مَالُهُ إِذَا تَرَدَّ What will the person's wealth do when they fall into the fire? And here that you can also link that to the statement فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى The one who gives uh, and also وَأَمَّا مَنْ بَخِلَ وَاسْتَغْنَى The one who is stingy. What will the wealth do? The one who is stingy. What will that wealth do for them when they fall into the fire? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. وَمَا يُغْنِي عَنْهُ مَالُهُ إِذَا تَرَدَّ 
inna alayna lal huda inna alayna lal huda inna alayna lal huda the scholars differ in two opinions here and ibn al-qayyim he mentioned both of them and he strongly supported the second opinion but the first opinion is the opinion of ibn jarir rahimahullah ta'ala before him qatada rahimahullah ta'ala that inna alayna lal huda alayna means it is upon us that's uh, just for the explanation of the English. Alayna means it's upon us, and it's our, it's our responsibility. Allah is taking it as His responsibility. Here, Qatada he said, what is that? What Allah is saying here is that Inna Allahi bayan al halal wal haram. That Allah has has taken it. That it's His responsibility to explain what is allowed and what's not allowed. And al huda means guidance. That it's our responsibility or we will take responsibility for guiding you to what is allowed and what is not allowed. Okay, so in the, in the concept of sa'i, working hard to do what is right, Allah promised you that He will tell you what's allowed and what's not allowed. Your job, go and do what you want to do. Go and do the, the good things and avoid the haram. And that's similar to the hadith of An-Nu'man ibn Bashir rahimahullah uh, of An-Nu'man ibn Bashir radiyallahu an inna al-halal bayyinun wa inna al-harama bayyin the halal is clear and the haram is clear that it is Allah azawajal has taken it upon himself to explain to you what's allowed and what's not allowed your job is to do what is allowed and to keep away from what is not allowed fa'amma man a'ta wa you give and you protect yourself from the punishment of Allah Azza You do what is allowed, you keep away from what's not allowed. Allah Azza is taking it upon Himself to explain to you what is allowed and what's not allowed. That was broadly speaking what Qatada Rahimullah Ta'ala said, and it was what was what was chosen by Imam Ibn Jarir al-Tabari Rahimullah Ta'ala. As for Ibn al-Qayyim, Ibn al-Qayyim, he didn't take this in this way. Ibn al-Qayyim, he said that this ayah refers to the one who sets out on the path of guidance will definitely reach Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, he said this, or he brought an ayah uh, in which Allah said, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ قَصْتُ السَّبِيلِ And he mentioned this, it was mentioned also by Al-Farra' uh, that whoever sets out on a path to guidance, then it is Allah will take as his responsibility to give that person the goal that they want, to get that person to the goal that they want. And the path of guidance, it is a Sirat al-Mustaqeem. So whoever makes that effort upon the Sirat al-Mustaqeem sincerely for Allah Azzawajal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not let them go Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make them reach their destination. And uh, actually both of these two opinions are, are perfectly valid. The opinion of Qatada and the opinion of Al-Farra that was taken by Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala. Uh, both of them are completely true. That Allah has taken it upon himself to clearly explain to you what is allowed and what's not allowed. The halal is clear and the haram is clear. 
your job is to go and do your efforts. And likewise, Allah has promised that the one who makes an effort and works hard, Allah will get them to the destination they want. However, a person might ask, well, what about the statements of Allah or what about what the Prophet told us about the person that does an action of the people of paradise until there's nothing between them and paradise except for the length of a forearm and then the decree of Allah overtakes them and they go to the fire. Does this not indicate to you that a person would be seeking al-huda on the path of al-huda and then Allah will put them in the fire? Ibn al-Qayyim and others, they mention about this hadith that this person who did the actions of the people of Jannah, it is not possible that that person was sincere. Because if that person was sincere, Allah would have guided them to Jannah. Anyone who sincerely works for the sake of Allah and sincerely makes an effort for the sake of Allah and really seeks out the path of guidance, Allah will get them to their destination. That's what Ibn al-Qayyim said, that whoever takes the path of guidance, Allah has taken it upon himself to bring that person to where they wanted to go, to bring the person to the guidance that they that they sought for. And here Allah mentioned two things. He mentioned the ghaya, the, the, the final goal, which is to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he mentioned the way to do it. He mentioned the way to do that, which is to seek out the path of guidance. And Ibn al-Qayyim has an amazing quote, an amazing quote, where he mentions, he mentions uh, four things that this ayah contains. He said this ayah contains dhikru a'la al-ghayat al-wusul ilallah. It contains mentioning the greatest of all goals and the main goal that you should have, which is that you reach Allah. And it contains aqrab al-turq. It contains the best way to achieve that, which is tariqatul huda, the path of guidance. And it contains tawheed al-tariq, that there is only one path of guidance. And you have to follow that one path of guidance, wa tawheed al-matloob, and that there is only one that you're seeking to please and worship, and that is Allah. So Ibn al-Qayyim, he brought four things from this ayah. Inna alayna lil-huda. First of all, that our ultimate goal is to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Secondly, that the way to do this is by seeking the path of guidance. Thirdly, that there is only one path to do that. And fourthly, that Allah Azza wa Jal is one, Tawheed al-Matloob, that your goal is only one, and the one that you seek to worship is only one, and the one that you seek that reward from is only one, and that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Ibn al-Qayyim, he mentioned again in his discussion about al-Huda al-Tam, complete guidance. He said complete guidance comes from three things and there are three opposites to them. It comes from Tawheed al-Matloob. It comes from having one that you, that you are seeking out, one that you are worshipping and seeking out for reward and putting your hope in, and that is Allah. And the opposite of that is al-Shirk, making a partner with Allah. And it contains Tawheed al-Talab. It contains that there is, uh, the, and here he says the opposite of it is sin. And you, you're doing, you have the good deeds that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you to do, 
and the way that you are or the good deeds that you are doing in order to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you do those good those good deeds that Allah has said for you to get to him and the opposite of that is sin and he said tawheed at-tariq that there is only one path and that the opposite of that is al-bid'ah innovation because if you believe there is only one path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us as Allah told us there is only one path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the path that Allah sent with the Prophet Islam. The only religion acceptable to Allah is Islam. And Allah said, Whoever wishes to meet with his Lord, let him do good deeds and let him not make any partner with his Lord. And the Prophet said, Whoever does an action that's not in accordance with what we brought, it will be rejected. There is only one way to reach Allah. And that is the way of the Prophet And there is this one set of actions that Allah has required you to do. And when you do those actions and you keep away from sins, then you will reach the one that you are hoping for and the one that you are aiming for. And that is to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that the misguidance of the shaitan comes from three things. Ash-shirk, wal-ma'asiyah, wal-bid'ah. It comes from making a partner with Allah and innovating in the religion, following a way other than the Messenger wasallam. And it comes from al-ma'asiyah, sins and disobedience to Allah azawajal. وَإِنَّ لَنَا لَلْآخِرَةَ وَالْأُولَىٰ And indeed, the akhirah and the ula, the, the, the hereafter, and this life, both of them belong to us. Allah is uh, the Malik, He's the owner of all of these, uh, these things. Yani he's the owner of the universe and whatever is in it. And He owns this worldly life and whatever is in it, it's in His hands. And He subhanahu wa ta'ala also controls the, the akhirah. And in fact, the, the control that Allah has in the Akhirah, everyone will admit to it. In this world, people deny that Allah is the owner of the heavens and the earth. Uh, and uh, people don't recognize it. Yet in the Akhirah, everyone will recognize that Allah uh, is the owner of everything. And that's why Allah said, Maliki Yawmiddin, the owner of the day of recompense. So here, the purpose of the is that if you are seeking whatever you're seeking from the dunya or the akhirah then know that this lies in the hands of Allah and that's why Ibn Jarir he mentioned thawab al-dunya wal-akhirah the rewards of the dunya and the akhirah that's with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever you seek in this dunya it's with Allah if you obey Allah Allah will give you what you want from this dunya and whatever is in the Akhirah is with Allah. And if you obey Allah, He will give you what you want in the Akhirah. And He will give you some of the things in the dunya that are good for you to be able to reach that goal in the Akhirah. But as for seeking the dunya from other than Allah Azza wa Jal, or seeking the Akhirah from other than Allah Azza wa Jal, this will not, a person will not achieve anything through this. Because tawab al-dunya wal-akhirah the rewards of this life and the next are in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Inshallah Ta'ala, we're going to continue next in the next class in the, in the second half of the of the surah, Inshallah Ta'ala. That's where we got up to for this half. Uh, and Allah Azza wa Jalla knows best. Wassalatu wassalam ala Nabiya Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Jazakumullah khairan for watching. Please subscribe, share, and you can visit muhammadtim.com.